0: Oof, oof, where my dogs at? In this episode, me, your host, Dr. Nick Sotelo, the Upgraded Life podcast, I'm going to bring you Zachary Babcock. He's the founder of Underdog Empowerment, and in our time together on this show, you're going to hear his backstory. You're going to hear all the things that he has going. If you're a sucker like me for the Underdog story, then this episode will not disappoint because Zachary Babcock went from felon to six-figure podcaster and beyond. He talks about his mission to scale his business to $50 million a year in the next five years. It's an incredible story. He's an incredible man. He's helped me bring this podcast to you. So without further ado, buckle up. Let's go for a ride with me and Zachary Babcock. Hello. Thanks for tuning into the Upgraded Life Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nick Sotello. The Upgraded Life is my personal project where I help people realize and reach their potential. I've been a professional helper for 20 years. Here's what I'm convinced of. The life that you have right now and the life that you want tomorrow is a product of your personal mindset, mission, and movement. Each episode of the Upgraded Life podcast is going to give you something that you can do as soon as the episode is over to upgrade your personal mindset. Your mindset informs your mission. Your mission tells you how to move every single day. And together, that is The Upgraded Life. All right, we're here with another episode of The Upgraded Life podcast. I am super stoked to have my guest on today. He's a man that has helped me out in more ways than he could know. Maybe we'll talk about that here in our time together. But in terms of my own podcast journey and getting after it and not letting excuses get in the way, Mr. Zachary Babcock from Underdog Empowerment uh, has been part of the Upgraded Life. And I kicked off my podcast uh, late 2019 and really kind of get some momentum plugged into one of his programs. So we'll talk about that for sure later on. And then COVID hit, right? And then Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, COVID hit, but Zach, you and everything that you did and everything that that you do in terms of pumping value into the people that are tapped into you really kind of helped me, like I said, knock those excuses out of the way and get this podcast up and going. So I'm very grateful to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Zach. Why don't you start and just kind of introduce yourself to me and my audience and just tell us what you have going on right now. I mean, what are the things that you are working on right now in the here and now that are part of Underdog Empowerment?
1: Right on, man, hey Nick i the, the heck of an intro, man, I got some big shoes to fill now after that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me though man it's uh I'm excited to be here and and yeah dude um i'm uh what I have going on right now dude I'm just super focused, so it's like i'm building out toward i like to keep the end in mind it's so like I'm building out towards my outsourcing agency, which is going to be my second venture, which is going to empower people that are serious about turning their life around, coming out of prison um to help them do that give them actual resources they're going to help them and not just give them stuff but truly empower them help them become people give them a fish or teach them to fish not give them a fish right and um that's gonna be a nine percent recidivism rate or lower in the u.s which is a crazy goal we're sticking to it so that's like the end game and so what i'm super focused on right now to get there is uh continue building our, our our agency at podcast penthouse and um we just recently we had offered this really cool service, man, that nobody else is doing, never been done before, and it's pretty advanced. Um, but what we ran into, um, and when I say that is because it has, you know, we 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 coach people on podcasting, we produce, do all the production just record, you send it to us, our team does it for you. Um, we get your podcast ranked on Apple, we get you booked on other podcasts to grow yours, and we get celebrity type guests booked on your show for you, all done for you, all in one package. Awesome stuff, right? But the thing is, is that um, we were able to deliver on it, but it wasn't to my standards of how you know I want it to be, and it's because we were trying to do too much at once. So we just peeled back, um, stripped it down to just coaching and production, and we're pretty much world class at that right now. And now we're getting ready to add on booking that service by itself, and then we're gonna build that out and be world class at that, and have those three, and then we're gonna keep on until we got all of them going together again. So that's the main focus right now. Sorry for the long-witted answer.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. So uh, obviously I know you, I know your story. Uh, People that are tapped into the upgraded life probably don't know you and don't know your story. So why is recidivism? Why is 9%? Why is that something that you are passionate about my friend?
1: Yeah, man. Um, you know, I was a, made a bunch of poor decisions growing up, um, and landed myself in prison for over five years of my life. And, um, You know, when I came out after the last time when I made the decision to turn my life around to be a responsible father, because I went back just 20 days before my twin sons were born. um, When I came home, it was an uphill battle. And it was because I put myself in that position. But at the same time, that system, you know, because that seems to be a hot topic these days was is designed it, the prison system in the United States is designed to keep you in prison, and that it's it, when you get out that x file on your record follows you on everywhere you go you're not going to be able to get a decent job in corporate America or hardly anywhere it's extremely tough and so i'm not making no excuse because I figured out a way to beat the system um but I want to be able to i see clear problems with the system where like food stamps, welfare, assisted living, like that's designed to keep you dependent on the system. It's not, it's not teaching you how to fish at all. And then all the classes you, they mandate you to go to that are a complete utter waste of time and a complete utter waste of taxpayer dollars. Yeah. Like, come on now. And, and then look at our recidivism rates in the U S compared to any other country. It dwarfs it. So there's a clear problem that I see and I want to be able to, you know, help that person. Cause I know I can, um, because I did it. And so that's the mission.
0: Love it. Love it. And full disclosure, my primary career has been corrections. 20, I have 21 years in corrections. as oh, Wow, on, dude.
1: I did not know that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> on the youth side of things. So I'm here in Oregon on the West Coast. And so I started in 1999. And that's been how I've made my money. It's been my primary source of income. You know, wasn't married before. Got married. Got my two kids. But I'm with you on that um, in terms of, you know, Oregon's a little different beast in terms of how we deal with juveniles. Um, in Oregon, you can be sentenced um, with a person to person crime at, at age 15 as an adult. Okay, mm. so at age 15, you could catch a felony for a person to person crime like you were talking about, and it's going to be on your record forevermore. And then in at our 15, scenario,
1: man, you know, that's crazy, right? Because you think about it 15 years old, like, I don't know about you, but I was doing some really stupid stuff at 15. <laughs> so, hey, I, for one, I didn't know any better because I was 15. Right. And yeah.
0: Kind of that meant we're mandatory uh, minimum sentencing state. So if you were 15 and you caught one of those uh, measure 11 crimes, that's what we call it here. You're looking at 60 months minimum.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. You know, I'm not about, you know, like, Oh, play the victim role or anything. Cause that's not my, th- like I'm, I, I can't stand victim mentality, honestly. Um And, and I'm not, you know, trying to take any of the responsibility away from, you know, the individual because you shouldn't do things that you shouldn't do. Right. And I take full responsibility for everything I've I done. But but come on now, we're talking about a 15 a year old that you do something that it's, it's on your record for the rest of your life. Yep. Like, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I can get down with that.
0: So I'm really in tune with your what is the system actually doing? Is it creating further dependency or are we teaching them the fish? I can tell you I'm one of those on the inside, on the on the CO side of things that, that I am trying to teach young men how to fish, right? And to when the reality of, like you're talking about, once you leave that fence, this is what this community is going to think and, and believe about you. And you have a choice. You can prove them right or you can prove them wrong in that. And part of that proving them wrong is killing them with success, right? That's the best revenge, but you've got to learn how to fish. And so I'm with you on that. And I also am with you on the recidivism thing. So one of the hardest things for me in, in our system here, and we do it about, about every month, well, we will release a, a young person who's 21 plus and literally has no place to go, right? The the adult side in terms of transition services does not compare to anything like it's available on the juvenile side of things. And we will literally kick a young man to the highway and point him north or south in terms of where he needs to go to report in 24 hours. Right. And tell him where the mission is at. And that's, and that's the best that we can do uh, for some of these cases. And it kills me. It rips me up. So when I heard you say, I'm going to do something to impact recidivism, I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Hey Amen, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's, um, I, I sometimes I don't, uh, like discussing it in a way of like, Oh, this is my legacy goal. Cause you know how you got in the internet marketing space, you got so many fake people out there that try, you know, they're like, Oh, this is whatever. And they're, and they're they're pushing a cause that you could tell is so cheesy because it's something that they don't really care about. But this is something that's truly like that drives me. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, you know, I, I feel called upon truly to, to, to serve it. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so it's part of my legacy goal to create uh, transitional housing that teaches these guys how to fish and, and says yes to them, right? That's the worst thing is to be out there and, and have uh, housing and whatever else say, no, 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 right? We, we need more people saying yes. And that's definitely part of my vision. Part of, part of what's behind this podcast uh, as an income stream is to be able to provide a landing spot for these guys that literally have no place else to go.
1: Uh, and so they hit the streets and that's just not a good formula for anybody. Yeah, dude. We, we're probably going to end up collaborating a lot um, as as time goes on. So I'm excited about that, dude. Absolutely. And I've held various positions
0: in the state of Oregon. And so I know recidivism. I have a, you know, I have a PhD in counseling. Uh, yeah, that's all my wheelhouse. I've studied our own numbers. I've studied numbers in other states and looked at what's effective and not effective. So absolutely we can, we can join forces at some point in time to uh, yeah. figure that out. So
1: yeah dude, let's do it.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for going down that road with me. Um so let's start from the beginning. Uh where were you born? All that kind of stuff. You know, let's let's start at age 0. Tell us tell us what that was like for you.
1: Um I was born I lived in St. Louis my whole life. Um in the St. Louis area and um was born parents were together. Yeah, you know, things were 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 pretty cool. All good. Um, and then at seven, uh, my parents split up and then my mom was trying to work two jobs to afford the house that we were living in. And eventually we decided to move to Ferguson, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I grew up at. And, uh, then my dad died shortly after that. And then, so, um, so I didn't have, my mom never remar- remarried or anything after that. And, you know, as a young boy, you're going to look up to older men as like a, a, a role model or something, how to how to be a man. You're trying to figure that out. And I just I chose to look up to all the wrong role models, I guess mm-hmm. you would say. And and I and I would do things to try and fit in with other people just because I wanted to be accepted and, and fit in stuff that didn't even, you know, resonate with with my values sure. and stuff. Um, So I did a bunch of stupid stuff. No chief aim in life was always getting in trouble. Never ever, never was a school going person. I quit going to school at like third grade. I would just, I would get in trouble and it's suspended all the time and skip school. And cause it just wasn't my thing, man. And there's nothing wrong with school. If that is your thing. And if you're going to be like a doctor or something but for me, school is not the answer. I do not have the attention span to pay attention to geometry. And they tried saying I had ADD and ADHD and ABCD and all that crap, right? Um, <laughs> right. and uh, and it's true. If it does not excite me, if it's something that I am not interested in, I don't pay attention to. Right. Like I, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But if, but if man, if I'm excited about it, dude, dude, I can study the heck out of something for <laughs> focus more than anybody else for hours on end, you know. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I, I guess. And I guess I still do. I always had like a a problem with authority. I still do. I ain't gonna lie. I, I do not like authority. <laughs> um, but like I, but I'm not saying I don't, I love police officers. Uh, and I'm friends with many of them now, and um, and I'm, I, I, I and I and I love what they do, and I'm and I'm grateful that they protect and serve us. So, I just don't like you know being told that you have to do. That's why I never did good at a job, never did good at school. You know, like when you tell me I have to do something like that or something. You know, I I just never did well with that. Like you have to Um, wear a mask, (laughs) bro. uh, (laughs) Here's the deal, man. (laughs) The mask thing, okay? (laughs) If you want to wear a mask, that's fine. It's cool. I'm not gonna. You know, that's your your choice. But my choice is like, dude, I don't see absolutely any reason, any logical reason for me to wear a mask. I know that that's a, such a big debate and people go, I'm not a medical professional. I don't know any better. But dude, I literally see people at my gym on the on the on the treadmill wearing a mask. I'm like, do you even understand <laughs> what you're doing to your lungs right now? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man, but yeah, it's uh crazy times we're living in, man.
0: I had to poke fun at you yeah, because I see your posts and whatnot. So um <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in one of those spots where I have to wear a mask as as an employee going into work. So I, I mean, I get both sides of it. But as soon as as soon as I'm not at work, that sucker comes right off. And <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm with you on that.
1: It's crazy, man.
0: So, so, how old are you now?
1: I'm 31. I turn 32 in next month, September. Wow. 31,
0: 32. I'm just 10 years ahead of you. So I'm 42. I'll be uh, 43 here. Not that not that long.
1: We're some young cats. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and, <laughs> and the reality of it is, yeah, I'm at the halfway mark. Uh, you're you're not quite there yet. So,
1: so I what, still you, feel like, even though like I'm older, I still feel like a kid at heart, and and all like I, I literally am just like a big kid. Yeah, never <laughs> ne-
0: never lose that. Never lose that. Right. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um. So you were about what ten when your dad passed? Then, if I trying to
1: Seven, 7 7 years old. Yep. And then I started smoking weed at 9 and wow. drinking even though I wasn't a heavy drinker when I was a kid. Um and I was in and out of juveniles and d- detention centers and boys homes and all throughout my youth. Yeah. Um just I would go there for like 6 months, come out for a few months, go back for a year, come out. I was just in and out all always sure. throughout my entire yeah. youth. And then um by the time I was 17 uh, i went out and caught some cases we we're weird were, we dude the whole we it, don't get me wrong it was stupid it was wrong for me to do but we were just young and dumb dude we were bored we were teenagers we we're like oh let's go steal for some cars or whatever like yeah. you know great idea yeah yeah it was stupid but um we that's where i caught my original cases we went out and we were stealing from cars and eventually you know a car left their key in there and so we took the car and us were stealing from garages, just being young punks, you know, not not knowing any better and doing stupid things. And, um, when I caught that case, I took the rap for the the other three friends I was with. And then I thought my life was over. I was like, Oh man, I'm gonna go to prison. You know, I didn't know any better. I didn't know. I was just going to get probation. So I started using heavier drugs and I quickly graduated from weed and alcohol to cocaine and ecstasy and before i knew it i was smoking crack and shooting heroin dude just going off the deep end wow and uh yeah and then uh then i ended up getting locked up uh for on a on my seven-year sentence i went away for over four years flat that first time right at age 19 it was crazy
0: so you got a seven-year sentence at age 19 you served part of it and then you were released
1: yeah i went away at 19 did a little bit over four years straight um and then came home when I was 23 and then I stayed out for almost two years and I had my stuff together for the most part, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning, I was, couldn't get a job anywhere. So I was working on, uh, as a bar at, at a bar and grill as the cook, uh, and bar back sometimes mm-hmm. and working 50, 60 hours a week. And then, um, you know, I was drinking and stuff on the weekends with my friends, stuff But you know, I was working and doing, doing good. Um, and then. I got this job at this clothing store, man, and um, I loved it because it was like I always thrived in those types of jobs where you know where I was either going door to door selling stuff or like on retail selling clothes. And plus, I liked the clothes that I was shopping there. I just got to communicate with people and help them get what they were looking for. Sure. And um, and I I got promoted third day. Did did three? I sold three thousand. The whole store did nine thousand that entire day. I did it in six hours. So I was one third of the whole entire store operation that day. Wow. And I uh, got the promotion and then two I uh, put in my two weeks at the bar and grill where I had some stability. And then they came back a few days after that and were like, Yeah, Mr. Babcock, you're a convicted felon, kick rocks, dude. Oh no. And, yeah. Um instead of those searching for other opportunities keep my chin up, I I I chose to feel sorry for myself and play the victim role and all that crap and uh and became a raging alcoholic and got a DWI and that's what led me back to prison gotcha. and that was 20 days before my twin sons were born I woke up realized that was happening and I was done dude I was like man so ever since then I've been moving in a completely different direction
0: wow that's, that's a powerful story there so the second time that you were in how long were you in
1: eight months eight months felt felt like it felt 10 times longer than that first four years that I did <laughs> I bet I bet yeah
0: yeah um and again, if, if you don't want to go down this road, you just tell me and we're not going down this road. But oh, you're you good. Know.
1: I'm an open book, man. All
0: right. So, you know, what's it like to go back? You know, you're out for two years, then you go back in. Are you seeing some of the same people? You're seeing some of the same COs. What's that like to kind of here I am?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I went to I ended up going to a different camp, but seeing a lot of the same people that I was, you know, locked up with the first time because I was there for four years. You right. know what I mean? Um, you know, and and most people don't change going and there's a, there's a reason for that. Some people aren't ready for change, and and some people are never going to change. You know, they're always going to be in prison and 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 doing that that stuff. And then and then there's some people that could change that just haven't gotten there yet. You know what I mean? So, sure. yeah, but yeah, I've seen a lot of the, a lot of the same people. Um, the reason why I was so felt so much longer that time is because I was away from my kids. And Absolutely. First two months, I was trying to imagine what my boys even looked like. I was like wondering if they even looked like me. You know what I mean? So that was that was uh that was tough.
0: And what was it like between you and their mom during that phase?
1: Yeah, we uh, so it's so we're together now, and we're uh we're married, and and you know this was six years ago. Or damn, it's been almost seven (laughs) years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Um, wow. Um. But yeah, um, during that time though, I had when I was doing my alcohol when I was before I went back in when I was drinking heavily, um, I was I was just being a real dirtbag, honestly, and I was also cheating on Stephanie at the time. And um, when well anyways, when I got locked up, she ended up getting with the girl's baby, the girl that I was seeing. She ended up getting with her baby, baby's father, uh, father of her, her baby. Uh, I guess that was like her way to get back at me and, and her and, and likewise with him or whatnot. Well, um, guess it wasn't good enough for that dude. And, uh, and he, he ended up hitting uh, one of my twin boys uh, that was four months old at the time. Wow. Cracked his skull, uh, causing him brain hemorrhaging. Um, luckily, luckily there's nothing wrong. No sign, nothing like he's completely fine. But dude, I was, Li- literally going to kill this guy right. like thank god i was in prison because right. i was if i wouldn't have been in prison i would have killed him i would have literally i would have gouged his eyeball out with my right thumb and then right. ate it while he had to watch me eat it with his left eyeball like that's how ready i was and i still had those thoughts you know what i'm saying it's my kid right um how are you gonna hit an innocent four-month-old kid but uh yeah man it worked out for the best so wow <laughs> Just letting
0: that sink in, right? I can tell you've actually played that out in your head uh, more than once.
1: Yeah, many times.
0: Yeah. Um, so you kind of identified three types of people, right? Uh, the people that won't change, the people that do change, and the people that uh, could change. The timing isn't there, uh, but it also kind of when I listened to your story again, it's your story. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you may have represented all three of those people at different phases in your life, right?
1: true um i don't know if i no nah, i didn't represent the third the the one that just won't ever change cuz like changed. those those guys there's there's legitimate scumbags okay. they are they like like i try to believe that there's good in all people and there there is but there are people that are literally scum of the earth that are just nasty people yeah. you know what yeah. i'm saying mm-hmm. and, and and there's plenty of them in prison yeah and I, I never was that you know right. what I mean? I've done a lot of bad shit in my life. Oh, my bad. Can you cuss on your podcast? You're good.
0: Yeah. I'll just put the E next to it and you're fine.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> um, oh, like, you know, I've done a lot of bad stuff in my life, you know, right. and, and, and I own that and, and, and taking responsibility for that. Um, but I've never been like a, like an evil intentioned sure. person, you know what yeah. I'm I, saying? And yeah, there's plenty of those guys in there. Yeah. yeah I, I, I get
0: that now what you're talking about, you know, on. Um, on my side of it, you know, on the, on the professional CEO side of it, it's one of those things where we're like, you know, and and I'm that type of person too, where, you know, in order to do the work that I do, I have to believe that, that there's good in everybody. Right. But there's, there's, there's certain people that it's not very easy to believe. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And they were probably good at some point in their life and that something probably happened in their childhood with their parents or something, you know, and then, and then it, made that shift and then it just kept on throughout life and then they went so far to where there's a point of no return. It's really unfortunate, really sad, but you know, it's the reality of it. It is, yeah. And that's where, you know, given my
0: career and all my training and you know, my own story too, of having to overcome my own adversity. Um, you know, I've I left the facility life. I went to, you know, our central office, our administrative office for about eight years and then kind of see saw some things that were floundering at, you know, that I was always having to kind of, you know, put some eyes on, do some consultation. I just went to the head of facilities and I said, you might as well just put me back in there put me back in there I'll clean these things up and do it the right way. Then I'll dip out and hand off a a good product to somebody instead of handing off a mess. That's typically what happens, right? You hand off a mess. And uh, but so I take, I've taken up those cases, right. And in my system, they end up looking like, Uh, kids that were given away at birth um, that have had failed adoptions, multiple failed adoptions and um, have had, you know, over 20 different out of home placements uh, prior to getting into, you know, the system. So that's foster home to foster home, to group home, to group home. Um, And those are the kids that they give us the most run for the money when they're with us, because this, this life and this world has taught them that, you know, there's nothing there for them and people can't be trusted and, you know, those are the ones that take a lot of work to kind of get in there and, and establish that relationship and that safety and that rapport. And, you know, I've had psychiatrists said, Oh yeah, I've had this kid when he was, you know, six or seven years old. He's crazy. He's always going to be crazy. Well, guess what? He's out and he's off papers now. Right. So I want to take mm. the psychiatrist and rub, rub his nose in it. Right. You know, Yeah. But yeah, man. Th- those terrible stories, right. And like you said, something, something happened along the way. And, some of them we can turn around, but you know, some of them is just, I don't know beyond the, if it beyond a miracle, it's not going to be anything that we do you know, necessarily. So,
1: you know, I really believe man. Um, like I, I really believe you got to hit us in that, but this is, and I believe this to be true with even people that, that that are just going through some type of adverse situation in their life where they're stuck in a certain maybe it's a bad eating habit. maybe it's smoking cigarettes or maybe it's a bad relationship, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, I really believe that you, you got to hit a certain point of pain mm-hmm. um, for you to, to re, uh, you know, pain's the greatest teacher. Right. Yeah. And I believe that's what it is where you hit that rock bottom with that quote unquote, whatever, you know, I'm not trying to be cheesy here, but it's real. And sure. then there, there's enough pain to get you to change the way you look at things in, the way you look at yourself even more importantly and your identity changes. Right. And that's when things, um, when things start to change, but man, there's just so many guys that I've known that were, I'm like, dude, there's really nothing that, like that, that pain point is death. Cause there's nothing right. else. You know right. what right. it seems like? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah.
0: Thanks so far. Thanks for letting me kind of delve into that, uh, that side of you. Um, I don't know how often you get to speak about it when you do these. I've listened to some of your interviews, um, but um, I wanted to bring out, you know, who who it is that uh, behind underdog empowerment and where this passion
1: comes from. Right. (laughs) Yeah, man, no doubt. I appreciate that, dude. You you know what I, to kind of, can I piggyback a little bit on what we were just talking about? Absolutely. That paint. So one thing that I've, i feel super strongly about that i that i i think right now at the time it's recording i think it's to be true i believe it is my truth you know you know things you doesn't mean that it's facts right but what i think what it is is what causes change and what is able to you know for you to change your life for you to be able to become whoever you need to become to to get whatever you want to get in life um you know, I, I, for so long, I always heard the start with why stuff and, you know, the, the, you got to know your why and all this stuff. And, yeah. and that's cool, man. And, and, you know, I get it and it's helpful, but. But it's not you can't start with why, man. And and what I, I, I really looked back and I was like, well, wh- how was I able to go from, you know, a, a heroin addict and crackhead and, and ex-convict and alcoholic and cigarette smoker since I was nine years old and all these things. Right. And then overcome them, you know what I mean? And like, and then not only overcome them, but then figure out a way to where, where I was told like I was never going to have anything significant in my life to not only get that, but to thrive in it, you know? And like, so I, I started thinking, I was like, it, it, it's not why, you know, cause like I, I tried to quit smoking cigarettes for years. And, I, and recently I got almost six months of not smoking now the longest I've ever went my entire life. Um, but I tried to quit for years and I had a strong, why I wanted to not die (laughs) early. I wanted to be in my kid's life. I wanted to see my grandkids and all these great reasons why I didn't want to smoke, but it was never enough. Um, the, what, what, what was able to change it was, was when I was able to change my identity, it was start with who. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, before people would say, Hey Zach, you want a cigarette? And I'm like, no, I'm trying to quit. And, and that's the, that was the problem because my identity was that I am a smoker, but I'm trying to quit, but mm-hmm. I'm still a smoker. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the reason why I was never able to quit. But when I got clear, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not a smoker. I'm healthy. I, I, you know, I, I I'm here for my, I'm a great father. I'm a great husband. I'm a, uh, I'm, a, I'm the energetic, uh, hungry businessman. Like, you know, when I got clear on who I am, then that that didn't become a problem because now, you know, when people ask me for a cigarette, I'm like, no, I'm not a smoker. And it doesn't bother me. You know what right. I mean? And um, so so the formula, the framework, and, and I did this. I, I literally did it like when I woke up in, in jail knowing that I was going back to prison, getting ready to miss out on my twin son's birth. I literally said this in my mind. I was like, this isn't who I am. I'm a good father, man. I, I, I love my kids. You know, I, I want to be in their lives, whatever. It started with who I am because how can you determine why something is important to you if you don't know who you are in the first place? So the formula is you got to identify who are you. And then once you identify, then you have to behave and do the things that that person does that you identified with. For example, right now I'm, I'm doing the 75 hard challenge thing and, 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 uh, before I could never, I, I would never stick to my diet plan. Like when I came home from prison, I was beast mode, but then I got out of shape because I started prioritizing the wrong things. <laughs> well, now I'm like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm a, I'm a, I'm healthy, I'm fit, I'm a beast, I'm a man of my word, right? You know, identified, right? And now I'm doing those things, behaving, you know, working out consistently, eating a proper diet, doing that, I'm behaving so that I can become. Sure who that person is. So it's yeah. identify, behave, become, yeah. as you behave, you become that person. Dude, it's a simple framework. Yeah. It's not always easy, but that's, that's the game right there.
0: Absolutely. We need to get you and uh you need to get Simon Sinek on your show and have a debate.
1: Yeah. T- I'm gonna tell him, man, like it was a really great points you made in that book. And you know, a why does have its purpose, but it doesn't, you can't start there, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember when you made that post, you know, and 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 I'm a I'm a start with why, you know, type of guy. I uh, loved the book. It was good. Right. So, you know, I've I've thought about what you said pretty significantly, pretty heavily. Um so here here's my take on it. I th- I think I think the it's harder to attract the person with the identity part. Um meaning a lot of people want to, a lot of people live in this mode of, Oh yeah, I know who I am. I know what I'm about, but they really don't. But it's exactly. really hard to, it's really hard to come to grips with that, right? That you probably are living a phony existence, right? You probably are doing things because um, your neighbor, you want to get your neighbor's approval or what, you know what I mean? So you really don't know who you are, but I think that the the, the average person or the standard person kind of, you know, motates around with, Oh yeah, I know who I am. I I know what I'm about when they really don't. So I think that the start with why is more, it's, it's, it's like the lure. Right. But then when people, when people still reach those same plateaus or roadblocks, the reason is, is because they still don't know who they are. Right. And that's the deeper work that comes, that comes with it. So I think it from a marketing perspective, I get why, you know, oh, you got to know your why, your why has got to be big enough. But when you, when you hit those roadblocks, it's because you don't know who you are.
1: Mm, that's a good take on it, man. Yeah. Yeah, dude.
0: It's. it's, it's just, I'm a coach. It, and so again, you know, I, 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 you know, my fish lures out like, um, you know, how come you, how come you can't break free from the nine to five? And a lot of people want to break free from the nine to five and, Oh yeah. Cause I, you know, I want to have more money and I want to do this. I want to go on vacation. I want to pay for my kid's college. Okay, great. Right. So I, that's my lure that's out there, but anybody can do those things, right? We all, we all possess that power and ability. Why don't some people execute on it? Because like you said, they don't know who they are. Their identity is off. Right. And when your mm-hmm. identity is off, anything that you're putting out in the world automatically gets detected as being phony.
1: Yep. Yeah, dude. It does. <laughs> I used to wear suits and ties when I was <laughs> right. first got into piss. It was the phony, phoniest thing for me to do ever, right. dude. There's nothing wrong with suits and ties. It just ain't me, man. I got a yeah. beard, a long beard and body full of tattoos and right. I never wore suits in my life before that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, sounds like you, I mean, I love your framework and the, the simple, the, the, you know, the simple, the, the better. Um, sounds like you got a book coming out around it or at least something.
1: I think that is a book I've been thinking about that. Say so you're the first person to actually say it, but I've been thinking about that for the last few weeks now. It's like, yeah. man, this is a book idea right here.
0: Yeah. my I'm yeah. part of a mastermind that's bitten off the the 75 hard as well. Uh, I wasn't able to do it. This is a big excuse. I fell off a ladder about 15 feet up um, about mm. a month ago and landed on my rib cage. So my, my, rib, yeah, my rib cage is all jacked up. Um, but my brothers were going through this uh, 75 hard. And so I decided, you know, what can I do um, to be along with them? And so uh, I started a book about a year and a half ago. So part of my what I'm doing is writing 750 words every single day for the 75 hard. And if I do that, when I do that, by the end of uh, the um, 75 days, I'll have enough words to to have a 200 page book. So that's what that's what I've been doing.
1: Wow, dude, that's uh, that's pretty dope. I need I need to do something like that cuz I wrote a book before and um and I published it on Amazon and the Kindle version still up and I took down the print version just because I was in network marketing at the time and I kind of glorified it a little bit in the book and really I was just beginning I didn't know what I was doing but um but it's funny too the book is like 94 pages long but i made the font like 90 point or whatever so it's like huge (laughs) words or whatever (laughs) so it's a really quick read i promise you that but um but man it took i I went hard just a whole month and just went and wrote it or whatnot uh Mm -hmm. And I said, after I did, I said, I'll never write a book again. If I do it, I'm going to hire somebody else. Right.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But your story and you know, this, the, the, your brand of underdog empowerment and then that, that framework for what it takes for people to, to be happy and find success for life is worthy of a book, man.
1: Right on, man. Yeah. Yeah. I need to, I need to start mapping it out.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Um. So you said something earlier too, where, and, and this kind of goes along with what you were just saying about, you know, the habits that you were stuck in, um, in order to really change them, you had to figure out who, who the person is that you really are. Right. And then once you understand that, then these other habits, you know, they don't fit that person anymore, but you talked about how, you know, you were doing things that ultimately you realize now weren't in line with, with your core values. So, so do you have a concept of, of, of figuring out, core values is that part of identity for you tell me more about values for you and how you figured yours out
1: yeah man um and for me that part came a little it didn't I don't want to say easy but it came more naturally I guess you would say because I notice a lot of people have a hard time figuring out their core values and stuff like that well I've seen a lot of people that struggle with trying to come up with them but um Man, I I guess I'm going to say that it's going to sound weird, but I guess I was really lucky that I went to prison and all this crap, man, because there's a lot of time that you get to spend with just yourself, especially when you, when you go to the hole for two months, like I did for tattoo violations and you're down in there by yourself and man, that solitude, you, you really get to know yourself and you got to work through some demons, man. And, um. I guess that was a blessing in disguise for me that I was able to, you know, be blocked off from the world and, and have that time to really kind of work through a lot of things. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. doesn't mean that I still don't have a lot of stuff to work through. Cause I do. But, um, that brought me closer to myself. I don't know. Sure. Like, I don't want to get all like woo, woo rah rah, but I had, it was like a spiritual experience. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I, I feel really in tune with myself. You know what I mean? And, um,
0: So where do you think that came from? Right. So again, I know what it means, at least from my world, you know, being in the hole for, for two months, although our um, solitary confinement doesn't look like anything, probably what you experienced. Um, But where did that come from? You're like, okay, I'm, I'm in the hole for two months. I might as well figure myself out versus I'm in the hole for two months. I'm going to scheme and plot about how to get back on this person and you know, how to exact my revenge. Like, where did that come from?
1: Well, um, I also got fortunate and this is going to sound crazy, but I think it all played out for a reason. But you know, when I went down there, the it, two weeks into it, you know, I was in that, that second mindset, like, you know, whatever, you know, those 21 at the time, two years into my prison, say, didn't know when I, I didn't have a parole date at the time. And I was, you know, 21. I was trying to, at that point, I was trying to fit in with all the cool people in prison and like be this rebel or whatever um didn't didn't have nothing guiding me but um two weeks into it though my I I got called back to the captain's office and shackles and handcuffs and I'm thinking that I'm getting ready to get in trouble for something that I hadn't got caught for yet or they're trying to get me to tell on somebody or right. something you uh, know and they're like you know they told me that my sister died from a heroin overdose and my mom had to break into a bathroom with a screwdriver and found her dead on the floor and that you know, uh, this happened a couple days ago and that, you know, I'm not going to be there for the funeral, obviously. And then they gave me a 30 second phone call to my mom. Yeah. We bawled our eyes out and then the phone hangs up and then, you know, they put me back in my cell. And um, it was through, you know, like now I'm trapped in the cell and all I could think about was all the mean things I ever said and did to my sister. The wow. goodbye I'd never get to tell her the fact that I wasn't going to be there for the funeral, the fact that my mom's mourning her death and I'm not there, her only son's in prison. Um, you know, it was all those things. And um, and I was just miserable for the next three days. Didn't get out of bed to eat. Um, the only time I did get out of bed was to use a restroom. That was it. Um, and just literally going crazy with these voices in my head and stuff. And uh, on that third day, I woke up and I, and I, you know, I, I'm not a real religious person, but I believe in God. I'm a spiritual person. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I was like, you know, I asked God, I was like, I was like, I don't know why I'm still alive, but there's gotta be a reason, you know, what's the next best thing that I can do to find happiness and peace. Yeah. And I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but, but you know, I later read, this was in 2010. I later read in 2017, uh, Tony Robbins' book "Awaken the Giant Within," where he talks about, you know, when you ask, when you hear a question, your brain has to search for the answers. Right. You say, "What color is your hat, Nick?" What, what color is your hat? Everybody right now is like thinking, like, "Well, what color is Nick's hat?" Or what? Right. You know? <laughs> Just how our brains work, man. Yeah. And uh, we'll, well, in those cases, a lot of times, you know, we'll ask the wrong questions. I did that a lot in my yeah. life, where I'd be like, "Well, why is this always going to happen to me?" And, and that. Forces your brain to look for the wrong answers. If you ask the right questions, you get the right answers. And I just so happened was lucky enough to ask the right question there where I said, what can I do to find happiness and peace? Wow! It got me to search for that. And here I am in this eight by 10 cell. There's no way I'm getting out of it. It's dark, dirty, lonely, depressing, no human interaction. Um, but I've came up with this routine where like, if you think OCD is crazy, you don't have shit on what I was doing, dude. Right. Um, but like everything was put, like the toothpaste was put back in the same exact spot. I would sweep in and, and, and sweep the, hand, the, 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 the cell with my bare hands and scrub it with uh, my, my rag. Like, dude, it was, it was crazy, but that gave me a, a piece of my workout the same day, write my letters at the same time every day, all this stuff. Uh, and towards the end of that two months of being down there and and, and just getting and then having that you know spiritual experience um, it got really into myself that you know it gave me a peace of mind in a really really dark time Wow uh, yeah it was powerful, crazy powerful
0: man. story there yeah yeah <clears throat> how's your mom now
1: um she she died shortly after i got out of prison uh the second time uh i was just glad that she got to see me turn my life around before she passed and got to see my kids and so
0: i'm sorry for that sorry for asking that question not knowing but
1: no no worries it's all good
0: yeah yeah i mean that part about you know she got to see you turn her life around right that's that's huge
1: yeah man yeah it was for sure yeah it was uh that, that made, I mean, it sucked, you know, if you lose mom, you know, it's, it's especially, you know, as a boy, you know, your boys love how much they love their moms. But um, that meant the world to me that she got to see me change. So, you know right. what I mean? So that was yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right. So you get out the second time.
0: Um, you've got a new lease on life. Um, obviously, now we know you as, as, you know, Zachary Babcock, underdog empowerment, um, doing your thing, crushing it you know building your way to seven figure income six figure income earner now but what was that process like how how did you get to you know when you're you're back out and your kids are born how did you build to what you are now
1: yeah man um real um high level overview cliff notes version of that um got out couldn't get a job anywhere i got into network marketing didn't know what that was at the time so you couldn't scare me off the word pyramid scheme uh uh-huh. <laughs> what company and, uh Zango okay. uh they got bought out by Zija and then I think Z- I think Zija got bought out by somebody else now i don't know, but uh <laughs> yeah i and you know what though uh I actually did good in it um uh, because you know I was hungry I was coming out of prison this was an opportunity for me i couldn't get opportunities elsewhere right so, so I built up almost a two thousand dollar residual month income nice um within my first six months, but uh over time though. Uh, I lost my passion for it. It just wasn't my thing and my business crumbled and I was making like 300 or $500 a month after auto ship at that point. I was just hanging on just to say, Hey, it was sure. like a safety net. Yeah. Um. But I finally, I was like, I decided, I was like, you know, this isn't for me. Uh, I'm going to go out and do my own thing. Yeah. And that was in the beginning of 2017. Um, I'm forever grateful for the industry because it taught me a lot, man. Right. And, uh, and, it, and it was, it was, it was a great experience. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it just wasn't my thing. And then I got into what I'm doing now. Well, I started off as life coach and didn't make any money or help anybody as a life coach for a year and a half. Um, was just like bashing my face in a brick wall, trying to figure it out. Many, many uh, late nights. Uh, just man, it was it was stressful in a lot of ways, financially, um, trying to figure it out. But um, I finally just started honing in my my character and skills. It was just focused on that. I was like, okay, I got to actually have a tangible skill. Uh, that the marketplace wants and needs, and I gotta learn how to market. And so I just focused on learning how to how to market and 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 build these skills up. And uh, you know, I launched a podcast, and and that was uh, it, it blew up right away. It was crazy. Got got it ranked on day three, and then had Billy Jean's marketing in the next week. And at that time, that was crazy for me, Nick, because uh, right. <laughs> Before that, nobody nobody would collaborate with me, uh, because I was the I was the ex convict or an entrepreneur afterthought. Uh, right. I was the Joker that was trying to become an entrepreneur after doing time in prison that nobody wanted to take seriously or whatnot. Um, and so when I launched a podcast, got it ranked, and then had Billy Jean on the next week, I was like, "What is going on here?" You know, it's like right. it was uh, it was foreign to me, and so I just kept my foot foot down on the pedal on that and that's grown into something really incredible um you know the podcast changed my life it really sure. did put me on the map I still hadn't figured out how to you know at that time I was making like 200 to 800 a month affiliate income I wasn't making a lot of money I still didn't know how to do that and I figured that out about a year later by offering podcasts as a service and it kind of lucked into that in a sense but Yeah. Now here we are scaling a multi six figure podcast marketing agency. We're going to be a 50 million a year company with 35% net in the next 10 years. And that's going to be the cash cow vehicle that provides the outsourcing agency that knocks on that recidivism rate.
0: Awesome. I, I love it. I love it. So, you know, people in my audience are entrepreneurs or fledgling entrepreneurs. Obviously I, I interview a lot of other podcasters as well. Um, what do you have to offer in terms of people that are trying to level up their podcast?
1: Yeah, man. Um, we got the course that you got to dive into. Yep. That's been pretty, pretty, pretty killer. A lot of, a lot of great feedback on that. A lot of people getting really cool results from that. Um, that's at launch the And that, that walks you through everything you need to know how to set up a podcast. Even if you don't have that concept or the idea of the podcast yet, it shows you how to dial in your marketing message, the equipment you need, how to set it all up, get it sure. launched get it ranked. Um, and then we also have two other things that we're offering. Um, you know, we have a, uh, APA alpha Podcasting association, mm-hmm. small group of people that we get together every single Thursday where I actually help you build out your podcast marketing plan and specific plan for you. And that's pretty cool. Um, and that's at alpha You can check that out. Um, and then there's also, you know, that, includes if you need production work done if you don't want to produce a podcast do all that stuff for you we can help you out with that those are the three things that we're focusing on now like i said we're building out a killer system that offers a whole piece again but we're going to build it out slowly and methodically
0: what's your vision for uh, podcasters in the next five ten years What, what, what do you think it's going to be
1: well i'll tell you what man um I think we're moving a lot towards to uh video podcasting, you know, Spotify released that new feature where they're starting where you can upload your audio and video. And they're, I think they're trying to take a shot met massive shots at YouTube, mm-hmm. especially also how they pried Joe Rogan away from all the other thing. They, they're the only people that can have his stuff. So right. they're going to be definitely somebody to keep an eye on, uh, especially heading into next month in September when that deal becomes official. But, um, I can't, I, I, I could can pay attention to the landscape and what's going on and anticipate and adjust and adapt accordingly. But what I really want, what I really focus on is the chain, what we want to do, the imprint sure. we want to make. Sure. And so our whole, our, our whole core values were, are seekers of truth. And, um and, and we believe our, our, our vision statement is, you know, a a, a world where you don't have to pretend to be something that you're not. <laughs> because man, if in the internet marketing space, right. it's it could be slimy at times you get the people on instagram taking pictures in front of rented lamborghinis right on the beach on their right. life oh i work i work 45 minutes a week and make a million dollars like get the like they're just pushing this this thing like you don't have to work stuff comes easy and you can do this overnight and no it's not like that at all right. anything worth having in life you're going to have to you're going to have to work for it hard it's going to It's, it's going to take serious commitment. And um, I just want to show people, man, that you don't have to be something that you're not. You don't have to act like you're balling already. It's okay to be like, Hey, I'm just getting started and I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing, but you know, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take this courageous leap and I'm going to go out and document everything I do and share everything along on my, on my path. I could get behind that all day long. Yeah. I don't, I can't get behind though the the people that are lying about exactly. it or think that they have to lie in order to be successful. Right. So that's our mission.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's a world where you don't have to pretend to be something that you're not. Amen. Yeah. That should be everybody's <laughs> mission. Right. Again, be yeah, true to man. yourself.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it kind of circles back to what we were talking about earlier about yeah. the identity about who, who are you, you know,
0: mm-hmm. you and I got connected to you through Nick Peterson. That's yeah, how, that's how I found you.
1: Good dude. I was in uh, I was in his mastermind for a few months, and uh, uh, used to come out there to California uh for office days. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And so one of the things that he, I love, you know, he says lots of things, right? But one of the things that he really kind of pounded into my head is, you know, action is superior to intellect. Um, mm. And so you know, listening to your story, all the things that that. You tried, and you know, network marketing. I tried that, did it, did it well. And I heard you say it was a a, a race that you were running that you really didn't want to win, right? <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, but you learned a lot from that, right? And I, and I think that's a huge um, life lesson that a lot of people don't take action because uh, they, you know, they're they're afraid it isn't going to work or it's going to fail, or that maybe they don't know the whole thing a to z. That's the way I was in my podcast. I mean, I did my first my first episode is not what you teach. (laughs) And so I, I jumped into your program when I probably already had, you know, maybe five or six episodes up and going. Right. And so um, I was tempted to kind of pull down and start over. And I said, no, it's, it's there. It'll show my, my evolution. But, you know, I started with a cell phone and earbuds (laughs) and recorded it, you know, and that's, uh, that's how it rolled out on the first part of it. But I learned through that. Right. And I didn't, I didn't, and I also stalled out. I mean, I, did my first episode and put it up, but didn't do anything for the next three or four months. Right. Um, But action is superior to intellect. Everything that you'll need to learn, you'll learn if you just get out there and do it. Right. And that's what I see and hear you doing. You, you believe in that, that idea action is superior to, intel- to intellect.
1: 100%, man. Like I am not the brightest person in the world. Like I'm I'm not stupid and, right. and, or whatnot, but I'm not like extremely intelligent, you know what I mean, by right. any means, you know. Um, and I partnered up with with guys that, in my opinion, are pretty 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 intelligent. Right. Um, just to just to have that as a resource and be able to 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 have that. But but I did that recently. Like I was able to get to where I'm at now by sheer sheer. It's two things: pure hustle and sheer or sheer pure hustle and dumb luck.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's
1: yeah. it man yeah. and, and like luck
0: it, over talent any day right
1: yeah dude uh <laughs> dude like here it is man you get lucky by showing up yeah like dude i i i landed on i landed on a multi six-figure podcast business that's going to 50 million a year 35 percent net i i got lucky in that by by showing up at an event got asked to speak Uh, At a small mastermind event, and then they asked the guy asked me, "Hey, can you come back up tomorrow and talk about podcasting?" Yeah, sure. Came up, shared everything I knew about podcasts and everybody's eyes lit up. Was asking questions like, "Man, I might have something here." Put out an offer for it. A month and a half later, did 11k that month. That was like ten times. It was like eight times the amount of money I've ever made in one month in my life. I couldn't believe it, and I've just been driving that ever since. yeah But I I showed up and I got lucky in that aspect. If I wouldn't have showed up and been hustling. That wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, uh, it, I, I feel like it, it, it's really you just got to hone in these skills right here. Super simple, but it's not it's not easy, but it's super simple. Sure. One, you got to be able to learn from your mistakes and preferably not do them again. Right. Like learn quick from your mistakes. It, it, you, you, you probably want to do it just once and then be, be able to change. Sure. That's the best way to yeah. do it because um, you're going to make mistakes. We all are and then and then two don't quit i know those that sounds so simple and so cheesy but hey man that's how that's really how simple it is get out there try to make the best decisions you can yeah. learn quickly from your mistakes and don't give up when it gets hard just keep yeah. going S- simple
0: doesn't mean easy right and i think right. a lot of times we we overlook what the real solution is because it seems too simple right but simple doesn't mean easy
1: Amen. No, <laughs> a lot of times it's it, it, it's simple things like here, eat this simple diet of balanced uh, uh, carbs and protein and and, right. and, and and fats or whatever. It's simple. But man, when you come home after after working and, and your kids are eating some Papa John's and stuff, man, sometimes it's not easy to, no. to not eat that with pizza. You know what I'm saying? But it's simple, but it's not easy all the yeah. time.
0: And it's John Maxwell that, t- that talks about his secret to success. Whenever he, he's done something or he's helping, you know, another business, is to fail as often and as fast as possible because it's in that process that you'll learn how to do it the right way. But if you're so afraid to fail, you're not going to learn the lessons that you need to learn from it. So I thought, again, kind of mind blowing around that. I thought we were supposed to avoid failure, but the you know, <laughs> the, the, the true gurus, right? And I would I would call him one of the true gurus, right? No, you got to fail. Uh, as often and as fast as possible. Otherwise, you're not going to learn what you need to learn. Okay.
1: I mean, it's so simple. And it, it's literally how we learn everything that right. we do. Right. It, that's how we learn how to walk. We just kept right. on trying and yeah. falling over hundreds, if not thousands of times. And then eventually we got so good where we no longer had to think about how to walk. We could just walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. And right. there was no, like, it was no big deal so through that, that effort of trying.
0: Everything that we're great at today, we sucked at day one.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, go listen to my first podcast. <laughs> the first 70 ish episodes are cringe. I won't listen to them because they make me cringe, yeah. but I but I keep them so I can talk about it like we're I mean, doing
0: yeah. now. Yeah. Pat Flynn says the same thing. You know, his first, you know, 100 <laughs> so were, were terrible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, you just, you didn't have that skill yet. You had to develop it, but, right. you know, you can't be scared to suck at first. You got to yeah. understand that you are going to suck at first and really tie the meaning of why you want to become that in the first place. And then yeah. think about what your life's going to be like at the end of your days, if you'd never tried it and how you're going to feel about that. And if that, sure. that pain is too much, then you should probably go ahead and suck now so you could be great later.
0: Right, Embrace the suck, right? That's what our military brothers, uh, that's what they, one of their mantras, one of the books that I have in the works is going to be called Guru Speak. And I think I'm going to have you write the foreword. <laughs>
1: Dude, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Would be honored. <laughs> right.
0: And and the concept for that book is these these things, right? You, you've said a couple of them. I've said a couple of them in our time together just now. And we say them and we kind of have this like, oh, here it comes, this thing. Right. But it's like um, it's, there's truth in the the, the the things that the gurus say. Is absolutely true, right? It's hundred percent true. What's missing is how do you execute on that, right? And that's where that's where the you know the 1999 comes in for. That's where the 299 you know my program this, my program that, and from the real gurus. I'm not talking like you know the you know the the you know, but the things that you know the the short little snippets like a Tony Robbins, for example. You said he wrote read his book, but he's one of his things that really caught my ears is that. We we major in minor things, right? Mm. It's absolutely true. We spend so much time, energy, resources, and money um mastering something that really doesn't matter uh for for the long term, right? Um we we major in minor things. That's that's a guru speak, right? So a whole chapter of kind of expanding on what does that actually look like in in the everyday person's life. So that's that's the concept for the for the book. What do you think about that?
1: Love it, dude, and and again, dude, I would be honored to to be on that forward. That's pretty dope. Right. And you'll be my editor, and you say Nick, that's bullshit. And like, okay, and Jack says, gotta
0: cut, you gotta cut that out. So. <laughs> that's funny. It's too yeah. soft, man. Yeah, that's right. Um, so one of the we're getting ready to to wrap this up. One of the um, questions I ask all the folks that come on to the show is, what does mindset mean to you? What's your definition of that concept of mindset, and how do you execute on um, building up a powerful mindset?
1: Man, that's a good question. Um I, 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 uh, I like that. I like um when I think of mindset, sometimes I'll I, I'll I wonder if i if I'm like, man, should should I use the word mindset? because if you say your mindset, that means there's no way for it to improve or sure. no way for it to adapt or yeah. something, you know, but but mindset is a frame of mind of of what you're in. It, you know, building up that fortitude to be able to, you know, execute on your goals and what it is that you want. And so you have to be in the right frame of mind to, to do certain things. Like, you know, I, I can't be, I can't, um, I can't have like a, 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 a really bad argument with my wife or something, and then try and go hop on a sales call or, or do some creative work. You know what I'm saying? Like create something. If I'm in that frame of mind because it's it's not I'm not giving it my best, you know what I mean? I'm not giving it what it deserves. And so I guess um I guess that's what mindset means to me. And then what was this follow up uh what was the second part of that question? Yeah.
0: And so one of the things that I want to do with my podcast is I don't want this this to be, you know, hollow empty knowledge. And so one of the things that I say is that when the listeners are t- turn this off, they hit stop or ends I want you, I want you as somebody who's on my show to give my listeners something that they can do to upgrade their mindset, right? So we have your definition of it. How how do people actually do that? How do people actually have a mindset of fortitude so that they can execute on their goals? What is something that they they could do every day to get there?
1: Yeah, man. So so uh, that's that's there's a I got a bunch of tools that we can use here, but I'm picking one, and I'm gonna go based on the example that I the hypothetical situation I just gave about like the argument or something. So, so let's say like you're you're trying to do something, and like something goes wrong, and it's putting you out of that mindset you that you need to be in uh, to execute to uh, achieve your goal, right? Um, so what you could do is you can use this tool, and this is very very simple but it's not easy, especially this is not easy. Um, this is something that you are going to have to work at and, and hone this skill of being able to do this because especially like whenever you're really emotional and like, say like, say like, you know, you got to get some things on, but like, it seems like everything that's going wrong could go wrong. You got a million fires to put out in your business or whatever. Something's just, you know, and, 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 and you're frustrated and it feels like everybody's coming to you for the answers. Nobody's trying to solve problems instead of like, you know, ask kind of going back to what we we're talking. I said, asking the wrong. Why is this shit always going to happen to me or whatever? Literally ask yourself the right question, the empowering question. Ask like, what can I do right now that's going to bring me one step closer to my goal? Or what's mm-hmm. the next best move I can make to put me in the best position possible to execute on this? Love you know, think things like that. And, and, and literally calm yourself down and it's not going to pop magically in your head, but sit there and think on that. And, 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 and then, and then maybe start to do something else because sometimes whenever you're trying to consciously think of something that just won't pop into your head, but when you start doing something else, subconsciously, it will drop in there, but you have that question now and you're, you put it into your subconscious, you're looking for that answer. And then you start doing something else and, and, and you'll know when you get the right answer. And when you get that right answer, then you act on it. Yeah, love um, it. Love so it. I, I last, but not least to tie that up, to tie all that together is make decisions logically, never make decisions emotionally. But once you make the decision, then you can get pissed off again and act emotionally with the decision of mind. It's kind of like when you're preparing for something, you're very humble. You're taking in all the constructive criticism and Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're studying. But then when it comes time to execute, then it's time to get confident. It's time to poke the chest out and go out and make it happen. Um, same thing here. Don't make a decision emotionally, make it logically. And then when it's time to actually execute the decision, then you can get emotional. Again. Yeah.
0: The, the mental picture I had as you, as you were describing that, um, starting and stopping the emotion to make a logical decision was, you know, being in a, in a super fast car and going a hundred miles an hour, that's not the time to whip the wheel, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right?
0: You got to yeah. slow down, make sure you're on course, get on course, then, then hit the gas and get back to hundred miles an hour. But if you whip that wheel hundred miles an hour, yeah,
1: it's gonna, a disaster. <laughs> it's
0: not going to be pretty.
1: <laughs> Amen. Zachary,
0: I super am grateful for you to come on the show. This has been a, a great time. Uh, thank you for letting me ask. I think I asked questions that maybe you don't always get asked in, in during these, right? Um, so I, I really did feel that way too. Letting me, uh, uh, um, um, have the opportunity to do that. I benefited. I know my audience will benefit from that. Where can people catch up to you? I know that you already gave us some links earlier in terms of some of the other ways that people can tap into you, but just make sure, again, let us know where people can find you out there on social or the internet.
1: Yeah, best place is definitely the podcast, Underdog Empowerment. It's on pretty much any podcast platform that you listen to podcasts on, but to make it super simple for everybody, you can go to underdogempowerment.com Um, And right there on the homepage, there's a podcast section. You might have to scroll down a little bit. You can hit the subscribe button. It's got iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, whichever one you prefer. And then all the way down at the bottom, there's all the social media channels and stuff, wherever you want to connect. It's all right there on Underdog Empowerment. Perfect. Thank you so much, my friend. Hopefully get to do this again sometime. Likewise, dude. This was awesome. Thanks
0: for having me. No problem. Well, there you have it. That story for me was inspiring. I hope for you it was inspiring as well. Here's a story of a man who really has everything in life stacked up against him. Uh, didn't have his father in his life. Um, ends up hanging out with the wrong crowd. Ends up going to juvenile detention. Ends up going to prison. Not much going right for the man. But somehow, some way, he figured out how to... Claw his way to the top. I love his brand, Underdog Empowerment. And I also love the mindset tip that he brought us. And the way my spin on it is, is learn how to not make decisions in your emotional state of being. Recognize when you're in emotional state of being, switch to a more logical state of being, a more grounded state of being. Make that decision. Ask the question, how can I do something right now, given what's going on, to keep me moving towards my goal, and then execute on that. Put the emotion back in, and here we go. I love that tip that he gave us. I'll also speak for Zachary Babcock in terms of what he's doing for podcasters like me. He's blazing a trail and he's leaving crumbs in the form of programs that you can jump into to learn how to do podcasting the right way, according to his formula. And I can tell you it's definitely worked for me. And if you're interested in that, I have my own affiliate links that you can find in the show notes here. They're also on my website as well. They've been there since day one, since I've been part of uh, one of his programs called The Podcast Penthouse. So I recommend that program. It helped me get my podcast where it is. And if you're interested in that you can get a free roadmap that'll basically give you all the knowledge points that you need to launch your podcast or to tune up your existing podcast. That's where I started. I eventually uh, got into his paid program and it's been one of the best things that I've done for my podcast. Hey, as always, to get the details on this show and to find out more about this guest, head over to my website. My website is www.nicksotello.com forward slash TUL podcast, the Upgraded Life Podcast. While you're over at my website, don't forget to check out the three opportunity buttons at the very top. They are scheduling a time with me. I'll give you a free 30-minute strategy session, checking out CBD products from Nature's Ultra. And then also, if you're looking to create an additional stream of income, I can help you out with that too. This takes 20 minutes of your time. Click on the button that says Income Boost. Give me your name and email, and I'll send you a presentation. Thank you again so much for listening to my show, The Upgraded Life Podcast. I'm dedicated to this show because I've seen too many people live a life that just really wasn't about realizing and reaching their potential. So if you listen to this show and you were somehow, some way inspired to take action, let me know by going over to Apple Podcasts, leave me a five star review, and that will tell me that you enjoyed the show. This is Dr. Nick Sotelo, and I'm urging you to do something today to realize and reach your potential, and I'll catch you on the next show.